All right. Well, thank you again to uh, Helen Barbazon from Pleasant Acre Farms. Be on the lookout for the results this weekend, uh, or this week, uh, I believe, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, the last uh, two-year-old in training sale of the year at Ocala, the OBS Training Center. You can check that out at their website. They will uh, they'll have the live, uh, like everyone has these days, the, the live pictures. Right from the sale grounds, and you don't even have to sweat. Um, with us now is is uh, one of uh, one of the best guys in the in the business. I mean that not the best trainers, but the best guys. Um, but uh, he's a good trainer too. He's a really good trainer, and his work with Whitmore is uh, culminated with an Eclipse Award last year. And uh, you know, what, maybe we can do something. Uh, got half the year to go, man. Can we can we get a, a can we get a, a repeat? We're uh, we're always pointing to the the end of the year with him, so we're hoping so. Well, how are things with Mister Whitmore? Um, there's been quite a few sprints run all over the country lately, and uh, I got to be frank. Um, outside of Forenzi Fire at Belmont, which is uh, his. <laughs> which he just absolutely loves, um, and it hasn't been a a, a a great year for sprinters. Uh, what what's next for Mister Whitmore? We're going to be pointing to the uh, the Vanderbilt at at Saratoga. Um, it seems like the the year for us is either you know it's always Oaklawn, and then we usually either try one time at uh, Churchill or or maybe we'll wait and go straight to the uh to the race that Forenze Fire won this this last week. But uh it, the races for sprinters always get a little bit more heated towards uh starting now. Yeah, the, you know, he he ran a really good race at Churchill on the Derby undercard and and that race has actually been uh uh, lo- looks like a, a relatively strong race. As Bango came out of that to win the Aristides, and um, uh, what's his name? The horse that ran second at Belmont the other day. I, uh, the, the horse I always forget his name. Um, Flagstaff. Flagstaff. I always want to call him Fairbanks. Fairbanks is retired, but yeah, yeah Fla- Flagstaff was a, was a nice horse too, though. Yeah, yeah Flagstaff ran a, ran a good race, uh, you know. But tackling Frenzy Fire at Belmont Park uh, is is a tough task because that horse is just. Uh, it's amazing sometimes how some horses are just uh, so good at one track, and at other tracks they're just kind of like a step below that. But um, you know, you know, not all horses can run at all tracks. But uh, that is a horse that absolutely you know loves that Belmont surface, and, and he's he's pretty close to unbeatable on there. But uh, when when he leaves Belmont, he he's a lot more beatable. Well, I think that uh, the the ownership's probably glad that he likes likes New York instead of you know Charlestown or <laughs> or Evangel or another one. I mean, there's they run a a very very nice set of races there, and uh, I think uh, at the end of his career, he, they're they're probably going to be tickled to death that he chose to like Belmont. Uh, I uh, I thought that was a good race. I was watching. I, I watch every sprint race because. It seems like we always got to see who we're going to run against, you know. Sure, absolutely. And, uh, 
I, I like it whenever I see familiar faces, and you know, it's a, the, the people with him have done a great job of keeping him rolling. He's, you know, he's not a he's not a young whippersnapper either. Those guys are been around a while, and you know, I think the fans love that. They they love uh, the opportunity to depend on a horse to to keep a current form and to keep a you know a, a, a historical fondness. It's a lot easier for them to grasp that than it is somebody you know claiming one for thirty, and then the next thing you know they're they're winning grade ones across the country. Those uh, yeah. those kind of uh, I, I would think that given the opportunity, uh, uh, anyone that loves our sport would love to see a you know you go to Belmont, you got to beat Frenzy Fire. If you go to you know back with uh, what was Imperial Hint was so good at Gulfstream, and you know we're we're always pretty tough down at Oakland. It's it's good to know that you can count on certain things. Yeah, that is true. And uh, I mean, between Forensic Fire and Whitmore, you guys got about 80, 80 something starts lifetime, which uh, which which these days is is uh, is, is an unbelievable amount of races. Uh, I mean, you see horses now going to stud; they don't even get to ten races. So uh, it is nice to to have those older horses who people can follow and be familiar with and uh, to see them still competing, um, you know, at, at an advanced age, it's not way, it's not too old for sure. I mean, just the, how well your guys' horses have run shows that, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting. The Vanderbilt should be a good race. I'm sure Forensic Fire will probably be in there and uh, Flagstaff might be too. And, uh, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, it's a grade one in Saratoga, so I'm sure someone's going to show up. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, seeing horses run for a long time is, uh, is something that, that I believe is, is good for our sport. And, uh, you know, getting, getting familiar with, with, uh, an athlete is, is never a bad thing. And whenever, you know, I was talking to, uh, the racing secretary from New York, uh, earlier with uh, Pat Pope, he's also the race secretary at Oakland, and we were we were bringing up the the, the possibility of uh, of new days and everything at at Oakland. And I said, "Hey, what is the possibility of maybe a uh, a race for for uh, five year olds and up? You know, to, to make it a good purse to where people are are you know." rewarded for keeping a horse around and uh you know you don't want to obviously you don't want to ride anybody out of the race but it is kind of uh kind of neat that people are starting to choose a little bit to to put their horsemanship on display by by keeping horses at a certain level for you know a period of time yeah i think that'll be rewarded for that that's true I, i i don't disagree at all um, now, speaking of Oaklawn, uh, an expansion of days, I mean, they made the announcement yesterday uh, that they're going to start racing in, in uh, the first week in December and race through the first week in May um, with a little bit of a different schedule, a three-day-a-week schedule. Uh, of course, miss, you know, with Christmas Eve and Christmas uh, being dark those days. But um, uh, what's your feelings on that? Well, me, you know, me being a... A regular at Oakland, I, I love the possibility of of, uh, of more 
possibilities to run. I, I think that's what we all want at the places that we want to run at. You'd love to have opportunities. And Oakland is uh, traditionally a, a very fun place for me. Uh, I think my clients look forward to running there. The, the, pers- the purses are, are very nice. And uh, I think that, you know, with with uh, the way that they're doing it, it could be, you know, it could be a little different, and it may change a few things for some people. But I, I think that the first year is going to be very interesting to see, and you know, the ownership working with the HPBA, uh, they'll get all the bugs and and things worked out, and and uh, I think that it could be a good thing. I'm excited. I haven't spoke to anyone that's not pumped up about it. You know, the interesting thing has always been that uh, when Churchill ends after Thanksgiving weekend, if you're not racing a turfway or you're not going south, you kind of have this, this gap between the end of Churchill to the beginning of Oaklawn, and this kind of eliminates that. And I think also with a longer meet, um, and this is, of course, conjecture because I, I haven't spoken to anyone about it, just was announced yesterday, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some new outfits that uh, that show up there because it's such a uh, now it, it's a, a five month um, it's not a short meet where you're saying well man I'm shipping there and if a horse gets a little sick shipping and and I, I miss uh, you know a couple of weeks I miss a couple of races uh, I'm going to ship out there for one race now you're going out there for the entire winter I mean it's kind of matching up with the Gulfstream Park uh, Championship meet uh, date wise so. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, some some trainers uh, send you know divisions of horses out there. With the other kind of the elephant in the room, that a lot of dirt races that don't fill at other tracks do go at Oaklawn Park. Uh, I've seen a lot of three other thens and 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 races like that that literally never go on the dirt at any other tracks, and I, I think that. Uh, you might see some guys, you know, some some new faces there as well. I think that that's what management is looking for. Uh, you know, they're they're not trying to change anything. They're trying to expand on what they have. Not speaking for them, of course, but just judging from what I see, I think, uh, you know, one of the things about Oakland that is 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 uh, often, I believe, overlooked is that it is tough to win a race there. It is, uh, you know, I've, I've been there, I think, what, this will be my 23rd year. And I've seen a lot of really big outfits come in, you know, with, with uh, you know, large reputations and struggle. Uh, those guys run, and claiming races are hard to win. And uh, maiden special weights got good horses in them, and not just one or two. Uh, you know, there's liable to be, there's, you know, the field size is crazy. For the for the caliber and the race days they have, the the field size is is uh, is a gambler's delight in most cases, and in the allowance races, especially. And you can get you can run into you know a mean and a other than you can run into you know my totally in a maiden special weight. I've I've done it. I've, I've had both of those things happen. <laughs> you look them both up. I mean, I ran in both of those races, so. I I think that the possibility of, of the money that's running 
dictates the, the caliber of competition. And you're going to see some people that's going to have the, the right kind of horses want to run for this type of money. It's going to make it harder on the guys that are, you know, the locals. You better be ready. And, you know, it's just like it is now. It's like everybody goes, well, uh, where's the easy spot? You know, I talk to friends of mine, the horsemen from other spots. What should I bring to be competitive? I'm like, well, if you think about it, we've got we've got about everything but turf is is won by some really, really top of the of the uh, echelon people. Uh, we've got claiming races that you know where there's eighty percent of the horses are claimed. I mean, I think we set a record every year with claims, and the people that are are doing it are, you know, Steve Asmus and Carl Broberg and Diodoro and Villafranco. These are guys that are traditionally ranked in the top five or six of wins every year. And, you know, you got to run against those in, in claiming races. So you kind of like, well, don't think you're going to avoid tough competition with claiming races because we've got the most winningest people in the world doing it right there. And then maiden special weights, well, okay, who do you want to run against there? I mean, it, you know, Brad Cox has gotten, you know, an unbelievable amount of good horses and and. And also Asmussen, he's a a fixture there that does a great job. I mean, there are no easy spots. The only thing is is maybe the the few races that they offer that are restricted for Arkansas breads, but uh, those are getting tougher. I looked up up last year, and I was in a maiden special weight Arkansas bread race, and Asmussen was on one side and Cox was on the other. And that's not what you're looking for when you want to run against an easier group of... Of horses, no. So, I mean, it's a it's a tough spot. Yeah, no doubt. I was thinking that uh, possibly the extra two months of racing might help uh, increase the number of Arkansas breads as well. Is that uh, you you have a longer racing season, and obviously um, early in the year they might be leaning on those Arkansas breads a little more, and it makes a you know a little more sense to be able to breed a um, a state bred and have five months of racing as opposed to three months of racing. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not, not, it's not like there's going to, you know, be 2000 Arkansas breads or anything, but you know, it, it does make it a, a little, um, you know, a little, it makes a little more sense to, to invest in, 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 a, you know, a state bread, uh, that has a, a longer racing program. I, I see that as a, as a trend, even before this, I, you know, you're as a breeding program. Your job is to make your your breed worth more money. And uh, if you think that you're you're going to get to run for three months a year, and the purse is going to be a hundred thousand dollars per maiden special weight, well, then that's going to attract a, a group of people. But if you, you know, one of the things about Arkansas breads is you're rewarded outside of the state as well year round. The breeder is. Uh, if, if an Arkansas bred, like, say, for instance, my horse, Man in the Can, won an allowance race at Churchill, well, the breeder of Man in the Can got it, got his bonus, just like he ran it, you know, ran the race at, at Arkansas. So there's, there's coming ways of making it, you know, more lucrative for those people to invest in Arkansas breds. But, uh, I think the more opportunities is going to be, to be a welcome site for those breeders. Yeah, no, no doubt at all. I mean, I, I'm looking up the stats. I think there was last year 377 mares bred, and 
it's been pretty static over the years. Um, but uh, you would you would certainly think that it, it would help in you know having more opportunities, especially the the you know kind of the the, the crazy money that they run for. It, it's uh, uh, it made me step up my game. I, I uh, you know I bred. Uh, I've got a practical joke, Arkansas bread, a connect Arkansas bread, mm-hmm. several McLean's musics. Uh, you know, it, we're not we're not just breeding, um, you know, all local sure. local horses. We're trying to bring in the caliber of horses that we think would uh, would could win anywhere and 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 make them Arkansas breads. Uh, listen, it worked in New York um, when they allowed outside stallions. And they changed some of their their breed back rules, and it wasn't that long ago that you know you you looked down your nose at a New York bred. Now New York breds win Grade One races, and nobody turns a hair. I mean, you have the the tis the laws of the world, and it's like no one even thinks that oh he's a New York bred. It doesn't matter. It's not a stigma anymore, and um, like you know, getting better. And those values have gone through the roof as well. Because sure. I can tell you, I'm actually in Ocala right now. Uh, getting ready for the two-year-old training cell, and and now when someone says it's a New York bread, I give extra credit, yeah, because I know that uh, there's restricted money for them as well as they're good enough to win to win anywhere in the world, and that's I think that's what what uh, the folks in Arkansas are looking for is where people will not automatically discount or for a lack of opportunity. They're trying to make it to where you know, somebody goes to there and comes to an OBS cell or or a facing Tipton cell and looks immediately. Are there any archibreds there where I can go get them? Mm-hmm. No doubt. Uh, now I saw that uh, a new training center was just finished. That you're you told. Uh, I think you was you to put pictures up of it. Um, just outside of uh, not too far from Oakland. It's a yeah. It's the old ten mile training center, and uh, the sellers bought it, and they redid the track, uh, made it a little bigger, and then tore down the barns and uh, built back new uh, state of the art barns. Put urosizers and uh, made it a very nice place to be. And you know, luckily with the timing and everything, I've I've been able to secure a barn there, and uh, I'm very very happy with with my horses, the way they're training there and shipping out, competing to run, and and uh, pretty pretty pleased that that I've got my foot in the door, and, and I've some other people are are trying to get in now, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think that with the added time, that's going to be something that's pretty valuable, uh, especially. Whenever we have places to swim and places to, uh, you know, train if the weather gets bad and that sort of stuff, because you know in Arkansas we do have to we we do have to look at the look at the almanac before we start our training list because uh, the weather does control a lot of what happens there. Mm-hmm, no doubt. Uh, that was one of my questions about uh, racing there in in. Um December and January, uh, how, how big of a factor? I mean, I, of course, you don't have a crystal ball and can't see what the weather's going to be like in the future. But in the past, um, uh, you know, judging on, on your experience, 
do you think it's going to be a, a big issue? I mean, weather everywhere is an issue in the winter, but, you know. You know, I think that's something that there's going to have to be tweaked. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I can speak for myself, at, uh, and I know that also, uh, you know, I'm on the board with the HPVA. The, the people there are constantly looking out for what's best for the horse and, and what's best for the horseman. I, I think that's something they're going to have to look at, and I, I don't think anything this year is a, a sediment, this is the way it's going to be the whole time. I think that uh, this started as probably something that everybody's wanting to put their toe in the water and get rolling. And, and uh, you know, you remember we lost 11 days last year with Snowmageddon. I mean, uh, 11 race days. Yeah, well, was... You start with a... Uh, fifty what fifty four day meet to remove eleven of those days is a lot of missed opportunity for horsemen, and to think that 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 there's not a possibility that, that could happen again this year is, would be a little naive. Uh, I think that if we have great weather, then we'll roll right through that, and everything will be fine. But you know that's that's one of the things is you know everyone says why don't we have a turf course and. And why do we miss it? Well, it's it's all weather related. We we don't have lawn at Oak Lawn because of the the time of the year that we run and the weather that is in that uh, region. It would be impossible, or or highly unlikely for us to have a turf course if people that live there know you know know there's a lot of you know there's not a lot of outdoor activity that that involves grass at that time in Arkansas. So there's a lot of stuff that weather controls, and we'll just have to see it and uh, be willing to uh, navigate through it as it comes and start setting up a uh, an alternate plan, you know, maybe improve and tweak and whatever it takes. And I know the, the HPBA board will be making suggestions and, and working in conjunction with the management to try to, to do, you know, to tweak and fix what they can. No doubt. And uh, <clears throat> just quickly explain to people um, why, well, I mean, outside of it being a winter meet, why turf is really like not feasible there uh, and about why you guys struggle sometimes with the racetrack because uh, of your status, uh, you know, of your location in a uh, you know national park. Well, one of the things is that a lot of people don't realize is we don't put chemicals on the track. There's no, you know, Belmont and 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 uh, and I'm assuming Philadelphia and and Maryland and all those places. They're not set over a national park. We uh, we we can't put salt on our streets. We we you know like they do. We don't do a lot of the things that a lot of people get to do because of the fact that that uh, we have to we have to be very careful, and so we have to go with nature a lot. And uh, if the track is frozen, we can't just go out there and sprinkle some stuff on it like they can an aqueduct and roll on. We have to, we have to pretty much let it thaw out. And it's frustrating, but we understand that's one of the things that we're sitting on. We're sitting over a, a table of a, a water source that uh, that uh, you, we can't allow anything to come into all the water at Oakland has to be captured into drains and goes through a filtering system before it could even be 
can even be, you know, it's not like it gets to run off and go to the gutters and drains. We have to capture it at Oakland. When we give a bath, that that water that comes off of that horse that has soap in it has to go to a designated drain, and it can't just go into the water system. It has to be captured. And uh, that's, a lot of people don't understand that. People have been coming here for years, didn't realize that, that, you know, you want to, if you want to get the the people running around your barn like crazy, go out there and wash your car in the middle of the driveway, you know, <laughs> it just, it's not, it's not going to happen at Oakland. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that people don't realize. I remember the one year that I, I sent horses there, um, there was several times where, you know, training was delayed because the track was kind of crispy on top. So, uh, I had to kind of wait till it thawed out, and you know it, it is what it is. It's an inconvenience, but I mean, like you said, you're you're on a, in a special place, and you uh, you know you can't use the same techniques as, as that are used other other places. But uh, well, that's um, what makes us unique as well, though. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you can't uh, you can't tell everybody about how awesome it is to go to the you know the natural springs and and all that stuff and see all the beauty that 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 brings and then be mad at the restrictions that it causes. And I think a lot of people just embrace it and move on. No, I, I hear you for sure. Um, so you're looking at, uh, the two year olds over at OBS. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in hot pursuit. I, you know, I traditionally, I don't have a whole lot of, uh, of, uh, horses in the barn. I go from, you know, somewhere between 30 and, and 50. And whenever I was sick for a couple of years, that number, the people, you know, kind of gravitated away and I drifted away and I don't, don't blame them at, at that time. I, you know, people didn't know if I was going to stay around and do this or what. So, uh, my numbers went down a little bit and I couldn't work the sales like I needed to for, for various reasons. And, and so I've made it a point to let everyone know that I'm, you know, back in action. I'm trying to, to find some two-year-olds. That I've, I've had a taste of the derby stuff, and I really liked it. And, you know, I, I understand the priority of that, you know, for the rest of your year. So I'm actually in hot pursuit to find some two-year-olds that could go represent us, you know, at the at the meets, especially at Oakland, and, and with their knee extended time i think you know i'm trying to use that as a selling point to my clients is like guys there's a possibility that we're going to run for for uh you know 95 to 100 thousand dollar races for another another six weeks or five weeks so let's uh let's get some horses to do that with and it's a good spot i've had good luck here and uh, a lot of great horsemen you know that sell horses and and get them ready to go and we're trying to to sneak out it's hard i mean the market to find good horses is unbelievable. I, I don't, uh, I, I don't know what's going on. I know that all year I've thought, Hey, I, this is a great deal. If I can get this horse for 150,000 and or 75,000, whatever it is. And man, those, those things are going, you know, at a premium and there's going to be some here. I've seen, I've seen some very nice horses here. That's going to garner a lot of money. Well, the um, the horse who finished first in the Derby was bought out of that sale two years ago. 
Yeah. Oh, I know. Doesn't we'll see seem... if he gets to stay first, but he definitely <laughs> was. And, uh, and, and, you know, I know I'm, that was being funny, but <laughs> it's it, true. I will say this. I've had some of the best horses and that's, that I've been, you know, lucky enough to train have come from these cells and, uh, from Whitmore to Petrop to, uh, Treble to, I mean, all these, you know, a lot of these horses come out of these cells and, and if I didn't, if I didn't drive down here, come down and and hustle and work and put myself in a position, then I wouldn't have them. So I, I have to, uh, I have to come down and make myself available in case a good horse rocks up and says he wants to go with me. There you go, exactly. Well, listen, uh, appreciate your time and uh, and uh, all your thoughts about uh, Oaklawn's new uh, new season and. Uh, the great Whitmore. Hopefully, uh, we'll see him back in action in Saratoga. And, uh, I'd like to invite you to come out to Oakland and and uh, and visit it. As, as you know, we need media type personnel who know what's going on out there. So, so jump on an airplane and you come might, visit us. You, you might have to. You might have to gift me a, a Ron Moquette uh, barn parka because i don't have any jackets anymore man i live in south florida (laughs) (laughs) you know what's funny is i tell the jocks that i always say whenever i say man you guys should come you'll do great there and other people that you know they always go it's it's uh man it's so cold (laughs) it's uh sunny and 72 when you're depositing those checks oh that's true just come on climb on in it's climate controlled inside the bank (laughs) that's right just just come down borrow a parka from someone get on a plane come down and enjoy yourself uh you, you never know when i might show up i might even show up at, o, at the obs sale in a couple of days you never know well good I, if you I'd do love to see you, if you do if you see me down. if you see me put my hand up just run and knock me over don't let me do tackle it. you tackle you <laughs> do not no, let we'll, me do it. we'll get us a group you, you've got a lot of friends we'll get us a group and put it together that seems to be the thing now a bunch of people yeah. putting up five or six hundred and buying a horse and who knows you might have that next authentic you, you never know i'm just like i'd like to have the next maiden 50 winner that's all i'm happy about I'm, I'm, that, that makes me happy just winning race period I, there you I, go I'll, I'll there you in. go all right ron thank you and uh, good luck over at there at uh, obs and uh, we'll be talking to you you got it thank you got it. All, all right everybody that was uh ron moquette he's at obs looking for looking for winners for the new meet, uh, the expanded meet at Oak Lawn Park, which is going to start in December this year. So the next year's meet is actually starting in this year, um, which is, uh, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I, I can't, I mean, you know, that I come from a horseman's perspective and anytime you have a meet that gives away six or $700,000 a day in purses, they, they want to expand, um, that's a good thing in, in, in the overall scheme. And, and will it, uh, squeeze some other tracks a little bit? Maybe it will, but that's, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, these days we, we don't have, we, we have a lot more tracks cutting back than expanding. And uh, I'll just leave it at that in that, uh, you know, there's not a lot of tracks that are asking and, and, and needing more days. Very, very few. So the ones that do and, uh, this has kind of always been a contention about Kentucky Downs and that uh, Churchill and Keeneland blocked their ability to get more days, though they've been a, a huge success with 
uh, with owners, trainers, jockeys, and betters. Um, you know, the sometimes self-interest rule in this business uh, to the detriment of everyone else. So if they can uh, expand for two more months and they, they can add more money uh, to the purse availability and they can put on more good races for people to bet on, well, you know what? I'm all for that. Uh, I did want to say uh, congratulations to Sal Sinatra. Um, we've had Sal on the show before, and Sal's a good guy. Uh, he is now the president of Equibase. He's left the Maryland Jockey Club, and um, he's taken up a role as the, the president of uh, Equibase. And I found out something I didn't know about Sal, that Sal actually graduated college with a double major of math and statistics. So uh, Sal... Uh, that that was that was something you know you find out things that you you, you didn't know about people sometimes, but um, hopefully he can move Equibase um, in the right direction. I've been a critic of Equibase in many ways. Their website seems like I built it, and my website is terrible because I built it. But um, but Sal's a smart guy. He's and he understands racing. And he understands what people are looking for, and uh, I think that's a, a a huge, a huge benefit for for Equibase. Um, and uh, I do, I'm happy to see Sal uh, wind up there, uh, because Equibase is the is the official st- statistician for the entire industry. They're the stack keeper for, for the whole business, and this is a a, a numbers based business. Um, Sal is a very reasonable guy, so. Uh, hopefully he can he can work out some of the issues that uh, that have plagued Equibase. Um, on a sad note, uh, trainer Jamaican trainer Richard Todd uh, passed away, and um, I know a lot of people don't follow follow uh, Jamaican racing all that close. But Richard Todd was a good trainer, and um, he was the guy that that, that always kind of fought for uh, for trainers and and uh, doing the right thing. So it was. Uh, unfortunate to hear of his passing um we did earlier talked about um uh, i read ortiz missing some time uh because of uh you know a, a strange fall at, at belmont the other day where the horse kind of it was it was very odd the horse was on the lead and um just kind of like like took a like a like a like a stumbled but it wasn't a, a, a typical stumble it was it was very strange and, and he hit the ground hard and uh thankfully there was only one horse behind it and i know it's a tough sport when the when when, when getting trampled by one horse is, is actually uh uh you know considered uh <laughs> not quite as bad as it could have been but it, it could have been a lot worse um than it was uh i did want to make announcement that <clears throat> my co-host on the the big monday show mr barry spears and I are going to be producing a series of videos um, that where I'm going to ask questions of Barry, the, and he's going to answer them. And uh, these are about about handicapping and about uh, um, it's called wagering. Um, it, it's it's um, we're going to talk about handicapping and wagering, uh, ticket structure, things of those nature. And these are going to be uh, short videos. They're not going to be long, and uh, they're going to be, of course, available for free um, on uh, on our YouTube channel, Going in Circles Podcast YouTube channel, which is uh, 
been set up, but we haven't put any, well, any videos on there yet. But, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, content out there, but most of it is, um, it's guys picking horses and races. It, it's not, um, you know, we're trying to get uh, information to people and, you know, Barry's a very, very good handicapper and uh, I, he comes up with horses sometimes and, and, cause, and tickets as well um, that after the fact, when he explained it to me, I'm like, oh, okay, I see now. And, and I didn't even kind of sometimes think about doing it the way he did. Uh, it's called, But it's going to be called Wagering Wisdom. And uh, we're probably going to put out, I don't know, 15 or so um, videos. That That's how many topics we have already. And again, they're going to be short. They're not going to be... Uh, 20, 30 minutes long. It's, it's going to be something that, uh, um, you know, you'll be able to watch, maybe educate yourself a little bit about because, the, you know, the one thing about, well, I guess everything in life is, is nobody knows everything and there's always things to learn, um, different things that other people do or or how they, they view things can sometimes be illuminating. And uh, the one thing that horse racing has always done to, is that uh, are the people involved in horse racing um is is pass on their knowledge to the next generation and i mean we all learn to handicap from uh our dads or our older brothers or or someone that uh had the experience that we didn't have um you know training the same way and that uh you know we're, we're always learning there's always different methods and different ways of doing things so we thought this would be interesting to do and uh you know, we're, we're neither of us are, are uh, hugely technically uh, advanced, but uh, uh, we uh, we're working on these these things, and and we also want to take questions. Uh, we'll put out a uh, after we put out our first episode, we'll put out a list of topics that we're going to cover, um, and if anyone has any questions or anything that they would like. Um, covered or you know uh certain maybe uh you know you you're wanting to know theory about uh you know pick fives or off the turf or or, or anything really i mean there's there's so many different uh facets of of racing um just hit us up at uh going in circles podcast at gmail.com um again any comments about anything we're open to uh suggestions we're open to uh to discussions and uh and I, and I appreciate all the things that people have sent. Uh, I've had some some people send me some really interesting things about racing that that you you hadn't seen anywhere else, and uh, I do appreciate it. And I, I appreciate the feedback. And uh, any constructive criticism is fine too, because uh, you know I'm not Al Michaels, and uh, <laughs> we're still we're, we, we've been doing this for a year. It was our one year anniversary the other day. We've done like a hundred and. 50 something 160 shows uh which sounds insane but um uh, yeah just drop us a note but uh we'll look for that it'll be on social media we did a, a podcast last night barry somehow or another got <laughs> got put in twitter jail <laughs> so uh people that are looking for him on twitter um we did we did go over why he's on in twitter jail and it seems stupid but uh you know so is social media um, but, uh, that, that podcast is out there now, the big Monday show. And, uh, 
Um, like I said, I, I might be going to OBS this week for for a day. For so we'll, next week we'll report back on that, and uh, we'll talk about. Uh, you know, I'll go back to talking about the negative issues. You know, like Bob Baffert and his lawyer and all their nonsense. And you know, at some point, the people have got to grow some grow grow a set in this business and, and just say enough. If you want to participate, you got to stop dragging the sport through the mud on a weekly basis for your own good. And people that keep sending him horses, you are the problem. You are the problem. You are the problem. Because nobody has sympathy for rich people. Nobody has sympathy for rich people saying, oh, they need this guy to train their horse because he's so successful. Enough. Heard enough of this. Stop. Anyways, thank you to KC and uh, everyone for listening, and we will be back next week. Why, in the past decade, has BRL Equine become the premier equine supplement company in the industry? Because we spend millions in research and development before we ever put out a product. Because we use only FDA-supervised facilities to manufacture for us. Because what we say is in them is in them. Because they work. Because if you're not happy, I'll give you your money back. And because top trainers and veterinarians in thoroughbred racing, standard bread racing, three-day eventing, and barrel racing all trust in BRL Equine. Shouldn't you? To find out more how Flexify HA, Unlock, Bleeder Shield, and EPO Equine can help you, contact me, Joseph Volante, 215-501-6880. This is the Going in Circles podcast, hosted by horseman Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor, to suggest topics, or for questions, email goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com. And log on to our Circles podcast. Here-